Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Posting and Toasting Show. I'm Drew, Schwinn's here. What up, Schwinn? What up, what up, what up, what up? And we have two, um, I, I wouldn't say they're special guests because um, Regina King canceled on us yet again this week. You know, we'll, we're going to get her on. Special. In, well, in a yeah, they're, yeah they're, very, they're special in a very different way. Um, so coming back for his third appearance, which is the most in the Posting and Toasting Show history, Prez is coming back. What up, Prez? What up, what up, what up, what up? I'm stealing Schwinn's intro. Terrible. Oh, You're a biter. Like, oh God, that's but, yeah. Uh, that's not a good way to start your third. The Bariquas oh. deserve better, man. Yeah, they really do. Okay, the Bariquas. <laughs> and our next guest is his first time on the show, and Schwinn surprised me saying he was a very special guest. So I was thinking like he managed to get in touch with Regina and then coordinate everything, but no, he decided to get on Dallas Amico on the show. Um, Dallas, welcome to the Posting and Toasting Show. Happy to be here. I took a shower for this. To be fair, Dallas actually like invited himself onto the show. That's fine, and that's in C press. That's that's how you uh, that's how you start off, right? Coming up strong, saying something like that. It's very classy, very classy beginning. I'm happy that uh that you showered, um, because I know I didn't. Quinn definitely didn't, and I know Press didn't either. So I showered, but now I just. That's fair. I would say the same thing, but Press didn't shower. We know that. He's constantly in the uh, the swamp of DC, getting uh, tons of humidity. Yeah, how much? You're just awful now that you live in DC. Like you're just impure. You're corrupted by everything there. Mm-hmm. Well, to Never be fair, I I just traded in the dirty ass Bronx heat of <laughs> for swampy DC heat. Yeah, but but the Bronx heat it it's, it has some purity to it. You know? mm-hmm. it, has, it, has some, it has it has some hip hop culture. Yeah, there's 27 rings always, you know, around the, the, the area. Who's the Wale. best Wale? Not Gold Link. Right no, now. Wale. Like, in life. Fuck Wale. I don't like Wale. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any other DC rapper besides Wale. Gold Link. If you don't know him, look him up. He's actually pretty good. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna like, to... See, that. this, that's how deep in the fucking chamber you have to go to pull out a you DC have, rapper. You do, have to, you do have to go deep. Yo, isn't... isn't especially, crazy especially if you're, like, Drew and you're listening... You're still listening to, like, 80s... You know, rock most of the time. So, <laughs> oh, now that's why I'm here, though. You're sitting on I, the yacht rock now. Okay. I I mentioned this. The entire G Funk era is based on yacht rock music. But go ahead and you know talk I, about your you know I, the rock stuff. I, I mentioned this in the main earlier this week, <laughs> but like, have you ever realized like Chicago, like Chicago rap fucking sucks for a city that size? Yeah, it's not that good. It's terrible. Fucking common. Well, they had Common's they a top five XC. They yeah. had the backpack era, and then they have a bunch of dope local artists, but it's not any national impact people since, like, the mid-2000s. Yeah, basically since Kanye and Lupe. They haven't yeah, had anyone. Yeah, that's well, Chance. So Chance is the big mainstream impact guy, but he's just fine. Yeah, he's nothing. I mean... I know, I don't. Dallas, Christian Mingle raps. Christian Mingle raps. Dallas, do you have anything to add about Chance the Rapper? No, I got nothing. No, okay, that's a... Dallas doesn't listen to music, and he doesn't watch movies. That is kind of <laughs> All he does is play with his dogs. That's it. <laughs> if you met them, they're, they're, they, they deserve it. They That's do. goals, to be honest. That's goals. That really is. I wish I could just spend my day just playing with dogs. <laughs> All right. Enough, enough chit-chat, enough small talk. Let's get into the meat of the pod. So what we're going to do tonight, or Monday, whenever, you, whenever you're listening, to this. Yeah, we're recording it at a different time, obviously. So we're going to talk about like just the trade deadline, 
is going to come sooner rather than later. And the Knicks have a number of guys that kind of need to be moved, more or less. So we're going to, like, dive into all the different players from Marcus Morris, Julius Randle, Dennis Smith Jr., and just kind of talk about this um, idea of, like, what can we actually get for these players? And not only that, is it actually worth trading? And then while we're discussing all that, we're going to sprinkling sprinkle in stuff like the Hawks game, the two losses. Like, we'll get into that. Horrific gonna, losses. Unbelievable Absolutely yeah, the, inexcusable losses to the Miami <laughs> and the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, only the two. disgusted. I am on the verge of giving up my fandom. Yeah, like it, they only lost to probably the top two of the top three teams in the East, but you know, worst loss of the season. But let's um, do you want to start off with that, guys, or do you want to go and just do some trade stuff first? I don't care. All right, let's. Why don't we just address some of these? Um, because I've kind of seen these takes that are going on with the the losses. That happened for the first, you know, these two back-to-back uh, beatdown losses. If I, I'm surprised by people this backlash because I don't know what game these guys are watching. Like especially at the Milwaukee game, like the Knicks played well in the first half, and they more or less got beat down because the Milwaukee Bucks were hitting some insane threes, and they went on this crazy run to start the game. Like that was more or less the difference. Like the Knicks' offense was running rather smoothly; they were missing open shots, but like other than that, like they were still playing good defense. They were still running things well, just Milwaukee's just significantly better, and they're probably going to win the title this year. And Giannis hit a couple outside shots, too. So, if, like, if he's going to hit outside shots and just be hyper-efficient and get triple-doubles, I, I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. And the same thing for Miami. They're just so well-coached, and they're so well-done, and, they, you know, just adding Jimmy Butler adds so much value for them. They're just a really good team, and they're a really co- good coach team. So, like, it's just going to happen. Like, the issue is not losing to them, like, I don't know. Like, it seems really weird that a lot of takes have been, you know, why did the Knicks fire physio? They're still going to be blowout losses. But just watching these games, these are fundamentally different losses compared to, like, getting blown out by the Cavs under Fisdale. Am I wrong on this? I, I feel like I'm spot on. But You are absolutely. Um, I mean, the, the defensive rotations I thought were amazing against the Bucks. I was really impressed. I um, agree. But mm-hmm. Milwaukee came out and hit their first six threes. Only one of them was, like, open. Um, and I went back and watched the first half again, and I think there were, like, only three instances where I was like, yeah, there was, like, a screw-up here in the defensive rotation. Like, Alfred gambled once uh, and got beat. Taj got caught ball-watching once. And Mitch, like, helped down too far in a pick-and-roll. Um, and other than that, it was like, man, people were scrambling well. They were uh, – the, the drop defense was good. Even, like, Cordis was – he was he was doing wonderfully. Um, yeah, no, I thought, the, I thought the defense was good. And Milwaukee just hit uh, literally everything they threw up from, like, 40 feet. <laughs> I mean, like, the fundamental problem now is because, I hate going back to this, but it's like, because Fizdale fucked up the beginning of the season so hard, like, harder than anybody has fucked anything before, um, like, there's this insane pressure, like, every single game. Every single game becomes, like, this referendum on the roster and the front office and, like, individual players, and it's like, what the fuck are we talking about here? Like what are we? Because what I remember coming into the season is that all Knicks fans were like, "Look, like this is basically like a rebuilding year." Not saying that we were going to tank. We're not supposed, definitely not supposed to tank, which is why Fizdale's like four and eighteen start was so egregious. But it was like clearly understood as you know, look, this is a year where we're just trying to like be competent. We want to put our young guys in position where they don't have to do so much and they can kind of you know depend on others to carry some of the weight, too. And, like, now, after every one of these fucking games, 
You get these crazy, like, anytime they lose, you get these crazy takes. Oh, we got to trade Kevin Knox. Get him out of here. Why? Why are we, tra- like, is there a scenario where I would trade Kevin Knox? Yes. Do Am I desperate to trade him? No. Really, the criticism of Kevin Knox is that he's not fucking Shea Gilgis Alexander? And then I got to hear people <laughs> fucking try and act like Miles Bridges is good? I wanted Miles, I liked Miles Bridges over Kevin Knox. Let me tell you about Miles Bridges. He fucking sucks, okay? He fucking sucks. He hasn't been good at all. So if you're going to shit on Kevin Knox, you better shit on Miles Bridges, which I've seen a lot of people try and act like Miles Bridges is good. He's not good. Fuck off. That's, uh, who's, that's so weird. Who's who's out here caping for Miles Bridges? I don't know. Check Twitter, man. You know what it is? It's anybody that... There's this weird thing, too, now, where it's like, oh, the Knicks fans like to, like, shit on their own guys to, like, it gives you, I don't know, I guess, a sense of legitimacy. You know what I like to do as a fan? Not shit on my guys and shit on everybody else, especially if they're from Boston. That's what I do as a fan. That's what um, I do in life. Like, I don't see, like, like, unless you were literally sitting there draft night, scream, pounding the fucking table <laughs> for Shea Gilders Alexander, I do not want to fucking hear a single word about how the Knicks made a horrific mistake taking Kevin Knox, who was still, like, one of the five youngest or ten youngest players in the NBA. Like, fuck off. Um, and even and if you like, don't like Kevin Knox, and I don't like Kevin Knox, like, why would you fucking trade him at this point in his career when he's not making a lot of money and his value's at his lowest? As anything, guys who are under perceived as underperforming, this is when you say, all right, second contract, lock him in for cheap, develop him, and then all of a sudden you have fucking players exceeding their expectations compared to their salary. And you're competing. This is what good teams do. Like, you adapt because some guys develop fast and some guys develop slow. And you just keep on pushing on. You install a system like Miller's doing now. It takes some time. That doesn't mean everybody's going to make every cut or, you know, protect the rim every time. But they're going to know what the fuck they're supposed to do. Nowadays, you can watch the Knicks games, and instead of a fuck-up, a missed rotation, and then pointed fingers, you see dudes missing rotations and then clapping their hands and saying, my bad, because they know where they're supposed to be. They just haven't completely internalized it yet. They know because now this guy's calling timeout plays that make sense, timeouts when they make sense, <laughs> and he's just doing shit that every other team is supposed to do. And now it's – that's why I don't get all this stuff about, like, let's talk about the, the number of blowouts or let's talk about, you know, how many points they've given up. It's like we know they're they're a bad team, but they're they're more structured – the guys are doing things they're supposed to do, beating shitty teams like the Hawks and getting beat by really good teams. Like, what the fuck did you expect to happen? Right. Like, I don't, I don't know when this expectation of like what, like what, basically what we should be doing is Fizz got fired at four and eighteen by failing at every single metric that like you would have set for him, and then Miller came in. So we should just apply the same fucking metric that we came into the season expecting. Which was like, oh yeah, be, be like, be, be terrible, be teams, normal, be terrible teams, be competitive against like mediocre teams, and then like probably get your ass beat against really good teams. This is not like a very complex level of you know evaluation, but that should sum it up more or less. And like, and like the other the other thing is like, what team, what what team? This is the this is the one that really drives me nuts because it's like, first of all, the Knicks were not rebuilding. When, like, when they drafted Frank Nielakina, Phil Jackson was at, was was running the front office, okay? That was his pick. We can all understand that and, ex- and accept that. Um, they well, were not... Hold on. Before you say that, I think wasn't there... 
didn't we establish that it was potentially a Mills pick? I feel like I think Mills was an influence on the pick, but I'm saying it happened under Phil Jackson. Oh, okay, no, sorry, because I feel like, yeah, because I feel like we've been hearing more reports that it was actually more of like a Steve Mills thing. But go ahead, I'm sorry, I just wanted to just point that out that it's actually, you know, it could be something different. But okay, sorry. Anyway, yeah, no, I, I mean, I mean, more or less, it's just like look, the Knicks picked eighth, they picked ninth, okay, and last yeah. year they finally picked third, okay. Like, name me the team, name me the fucking team that picks mid lottery consistently and nails every pick. Name me the team. I want to know the team that does that. And if you're going to say Miami, fuck off. Because, like, Miami did not nail Justice Winslow. Guess what? Justice Winslow wasn't even good until his fourth year in the league. Okay? That's, like, a real thing that happened. Bam Adebayo was good. He was, like, fine his first year. He was good his second year. And now he's blowing up. Like, you cannot look at these guys. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just think the standard for how we're evaluating this entire, like, current roster and team is so fucked up because there's all this like built up angst over you know the start to the season there like Fizdale gets fired and then I like everybody wants the front office to get fired which is like fine whatever like I'm not you know I don't I don't really care if they do or not I just think that like you're not going to do it until the trade deadline or after that point um like I, I just don't really understand what the angst is so much about like this team, especially when, like, what, they lost to fucking Milwaukee and Miami? Okay. I think it's exactly what you said. I think it's just people are are just really angry at, like, the general dysfunction and then the perception, which is, like, a whole nother, you know, conversation about, like, NBA Twitter or NBA media or whatever. And then it, it's so much easier to just say it's all fucked than it is to say it's fucked for these different reasons. Let's talk about which of those we can control. Let's talk about which of those is responsible for how much, for what. Let's talk nuance. It's just easier to say, like, it's all fucked and look at the box score and say, oh, we got too much damage to the Encore product, but, but like, that's just not in the cards. It's just it's just a Ken Miller and these guys mitigate that damage. And, like, really the way I view it is it's pretty hard to mitigate that damage because we don't have a better shooter than him to fill his slot, not even close. So... What's going to happen that is positive is something Swin talked about earlier, which is, like, you're going to have your young and, yes, right now, shitty guys getting more minutes. You might have RJB getting more minutes at the three, Knox getting more minutes at the three and four. And guess what? Some of that's going to be ugly. And guess what? They're going to have to work through it. But whatever. That's part of the deal when you're rebuilding. We had the worst record in the league last year. There's going to be some ugly basketball the year following that, and I would prefer it to be by the kids. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree that it's part of rebuilding. I guess what I wonder is, like, is there a value to, like, okay, if I know that I can, if I know that Marcus Morris is going to sign a two-year, what's it say, $30 million deal after the season with the Knicks, to stay with the Knicks, is it actually beneficial to trade him now? Like, I don't know. I, I always, I just go back and forth on this. It's like... He's going to sign no matter what in the hypothetical? Yeah, no, I think it's more to, beneficial. Just if we keep him. Just if we keep him. Like, but if we trade him, he won't come back here, right? Oh, like, he won't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like, if, if I knew he was going to re-sign either way, then fuck yeah. <laughs> trade him. Um, but, like, I don't, I don't know if you, you can't know that. Once you trade a guy, you can't know that. And I look at next year, like, you know, you look at next year's free agency... What kind of you're not getting Gallinari, you're not getting 
any of those type of like fours. No. Right? No, and, I don't think I don't think you can guarantee it for sure. And that's why and, and because of like the personal nature of this stuff in the NBA where compared to MLB, that's why you don't see it a lot for that exact reason, because dudes will feel some type of way if you trade them and then try to get them back at the table when other people want their business for a similar price. Like it's not many teams operating like that and pulling that off for a reason. So I, I totally get that. It's just one of those things that I don't think market and like I so you're weighing pros and cons, right? It's definitely an advantage to the culture and to the encore product because he's a pretty <laughs> solid role player. Like, but uh, I said I this the other day, like, so I think good. he's I not think, so good that you got to worry about that. But like, so here's my thing. Like, I think he is the first legitimate. You know, we talked about this fucking ton over the last five, six years. I'm like, this guy's the leader. He's the only fucking guy that I think has come in here and legitimately been a leader. And, like, I'm not saying that that clearly is not translating into, like, excessive amounts of wins on the floor or anything, but you're fucking bananas if you are out there watching these guys play and you're like, like, it's obvious that he is a positive for the culture, that the kids, like, you can, when he hit that shot against Dallas at the Garden, literally every single one of the young guys went up to him and, like, was basically sucking his dick. Um, like, the one the Fizz drew up? Yeah, that that really awesome ISO at the top of the key. Uh, like I'm just saying, like like he's like he, I think he matters so much to these guys that like, they all seem to really really look up to him. And the bigger thing also to me is that like he doesn't seem you know for a guy who's in when he's 30, so he's like you know you would think that he he's at a point in his career where like he would want to be in a highly competitive situation. He really genuinely seems to like love this. Like, he seems to love being the guy that everybody in the team loves and, like, kind of being this leader. And I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I just, I look at him, I, I just think he's the only guy we've had since Kidd, since, like, Kurt Thomas, since Rashid or whatever. Like, that is, like, a genuine leader in that locker room. Like, Melo was a great player, but he wasn't a leader. Tyson Chandler's a bitch. We all know that. Um, Shumpert wore a sneaker on his head once in a music video. Like, who, who have been our leaders? Kristaps, like, he was a very good player, not a leader. You know, we haven't had leaders. We haven't had people that, like, that, like, can command a locker room. Like, I love Robin Lopez, but he's not a leader like that, you know? Like, he's a great teammate. He's a great guy to play with. Not a great leader. I mean, there's separate things. Like, Kylo Quinn, I love Kylo Quinn. He's not a leader. Ennis Cantor, 100% not a leader. You know? Jose Calderon. Yeah, but, like, oh. I mean, seriously, like, I'm like, you know, I mean, like, I, I genuinely think that, like, I think that stuff has value, but I don't know if, like, it's not quantifiable. I can't give you a reason why, like, that's why we should keep him. But at the same time, I feel like sometimes just boiling, like, like, is it, if I know for a fact I could keep him for the next two years after this, if I just keep him for the rest of the year, is that more worthwhile than a 27th overall pick? So I think it's good that you picked that actual pick for this hypothetical because I actually do think the devil's in the details. If it's the 30th pick, eh, it's basically a second round pick. I'm not going to trip if we, you know, if we, if we pursue that, the strategy you're saying because of all the things you said, which are 100% true. But like, I, I think, and this might be a hot take, I think Knicks fans, because we're a little pessimistic about all of this stuff, are underselling how 
much of a demand there might be for Marcus Morris um, among that clusterfuck of playoff teams on both in both conferences. Um, there's teams that like just fit well in terms of salary they can send back. There's a possibility that there could be a slight bidding war between good teams, in which case maybe you get you know maybe one team offers what could be like a 27th pick, another team might do 25, and a random young player, which like maybe sucks, maybe doesn't, but like that's another. Uh, that's another Riley. useful thing. Or just a random dude who's, like, a bench shooter, which, you know, we don't have shooters. Or, like, a bench rim protector. We don't have that either. Like, so there's really – it really does come down to the details, I think, which is kind of a cop-out answer, but there it is. Yeah. You're not wrong. I mean, it kind of is important, the idea of what the trade comes back for uh, for Morris. That's one of the main things I, I definitely think Schwinn was really alluding to is that – I don't really know if it's worth it to just, like, trade him for an isolated pick. I, I, I don't think it's worth it, even if he's going to leave. I, I, I think there's a huge overvaluing of draft picks, especially from, like, you know, pick beyond, like, 25. Like, I don't I don't always think just grabbing the draft pick makes the most sense. I, I would much rather something more tangible. Like, if the Blazers like a young are, like, player. Yeah, like, if the Blazers are really dead set on trying to make the playoffs in the West... Again, like, if they don't offer, if they offer, like, a second-round pick and, like, what's his name, like, Anthony Simons or Anthony Simons, like, I would much rather that than just, like, the I Clippers. I would so quick. No, I know, no, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I'd much rather that than just, like, the, the Clippers being, like, we're going to give you a 2020 first-round pick. I don't know whatever pick they're allowed to trade, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, 2020, I don't, yeah, they can trade this year. Yeah, they can trade their 2020. It's like, I don't, I don't want that. They'll probably be a top-14. I think I don't There's think... Also- if you you also got to tax, tax the good teams. What do you mean by tax the good teams? If you can get the, the double draft, um, there's more value in a later first round. Yeah, so that's a, that's a 2022 pick, right? I think that's the double draft. I think it's the 2022, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's that would be fine. I'm just kind of just speaking there. Here, like, okay, so like, here, I would just, like, if the Knicks, they they don't, here's the, if you keep Morris past the trade deadline, it is a complete fucking failure if you don't keep him after that. Okay, like it's a complete failure because you absolutely could get a first round pick for that guy. Yeah, get assets for that. If you do not keep him after the season and you choose to keep him, you have failed. That's an incredible failure of management. Okay, so the only reason, the only way you keep him is if you are like dead certain, ninety five percent, ninety nine percent certain that he's going to stay because you're going to make him a competitive competitive offer and he wants to be here. Okay. Any other any other scenario where he doesn't stay is you know it's disastrous. Um, yeah, so totally fair. Like, I would agree like, with that. Like, like I I don't see how you, how you could do that. But I guess so. My question is like if you know you can keep him versus like you can trade him out and get a first round pick, which one is worth more to like what your team is? And I'm always, I always go back and forth on that because I just don't know how valuable a late first round pick is not to like act like those things aren't valuable because they are but i think they're more valuable as trade assets than necessarily players that like you draft yourself um so like i would like if i was trading more as what dallas said about like trying to get a later first round pick like in future years i think that is a smarter play versus trying to get like kind of an immediate payoff you know like mm-hmm. the immediate gratification isn't really going to be worth it. You'd rather at least like give it a couple of years and then maybe try and see what you can get out of that asset. I don't know. Uh, I think I, any I think any smart front office would approach the evaluation of the pick the way you just said. I think we're just thinking 
because the Clippers is the name that is thrown out there, and this year is the only pick they can trade. But, like, the real reasonable thing is, all right, a pick in a later year where the high school players can go straight and there's more variability and and also almost certainly not as weak a draft because if you have good scouts, then you know this year is straight up a weaker year, like full stop. So what's the the guy who's going to get picked 25th would probably be in the second round in a normal year. And if you're in 2022, you're probably going to have a more stocked class. It's going to be dudes in high school – more competitive, a bigger pool to pick from. Of course, it's worth more. Go for that shit first. It's more valuable of an asset. That should be the year Carl Anthony Towns asks out too. Maybe is that <laughs> is that your is that is that your is that what you're we've got, we can send uh, three first round picks that none of them which are ours, you know, and the Timberwolves can be happy about it. We'll take we'll take Cat off their hands. All your sources are fine. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I would I would love nothing more than that. So let's – I would say we need to shift to the point guards, right? Schwinn, I think that's the, the next place to be, just basically in terms of between, like, Smith, Peyton, and Nilekina, right? Yeah, I, throw Zoe, I throw Zoe in there, too. Zoe's not a point guard. Zoe's an enemy of the pod. Listen, Fred. So you trade him. So Fred, so Trier him. needs to be yeah. traded for, like, a sack of volleyballs and call For, for like, a like, nice – Warm cup of New England clam chowder. I would love some New England clam chowder for... Yeah, of course you would, because you are fucking MAGA and you're from Boston. Oh, yeah, I love myself some uh, some Boston. I love the chowder. And, you know, <laughs> just going over to the bar, hopping over to Harvard uh, Yard and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm uh, just embracing the culture. You turned British there for half of your sentence. I don't know what the fuck is up with that. <laughs> no, that's my, that's my Boston accent. Come on that's now. The, that's the Goodwill Hunting fake Boston accent. <laughs> yeah, that's my fake, that's my fake uh, Goodwill Hunting fake Boston accent. Right My boy is wicked smart. <laughs> no, I did that earlier today. I was uh, I was annoying Jill with the boss action. She goes, can you please stop? <laughs> just, just stop. I you know, can't understand why. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. She, she, no one has time for me to be like, you know, oh, I'm just heading over to the bar, just having some main line. Okay, by the way, Manhattan clam chowder is better. I don't eat clam chowder, so I don't really care between the two. So Why? I'm with what you on this one. Who cares yeah. about clam chowder? Who, I'm not saying you have to care about it. I'm just saying you've had it, though. No, I haven't. I don't eat clam chowder. You've never had clam chowder in your life? No. Okay, that's the stupidest thing you've ever <laughs> And I'm mad at you. For not having clam chowder? Ever in really? life? Ever no, in life. Why would I ever want to have clam chowder? You're not just curious? No, I don't care about it enough. No. Dallas has no thoughts. Dallas, do you have any thoughts on this? <laughs> what? Nope. Clam chowder is disgusting, and I don't eat it. Thank you, Dallas. Well, he's a, yep. he, I, Dallas is edgy. Yeah, so I don't eat it for moral reasons, but even if it wasn't for that, it's disgusting. I am very thank you, <laughs> Dallas. Your that that was an excellent take, and thank you for that uh for that insight. You disagree with the rest of your diet, Drew? I don't I don't care about that. I mean, I just need I just need the win on the clam chowder front. That's all I care about. I just like to pick pick and choose my stats like a uh, Den Borset. So that's my uh my go to. <laughs> so, uh, so let's yeah, let's right, go to point guards. Let's go to the point guards because. Right now, Miller's... Zoe's not a point guard, Prez. All, right, all, right, all, right, all right, all right, Like, he just needs to go. So we're just talking about Smith, Nilakina, and Peyton. Uh, Miller's been more or less playing all three of them now in the lineups, which I don't think really makes too much sense, which is... But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he's trying to evaluate in the front office thinking about trading one of them. And if that's the case, I, I'll be honest, I don't really know who it should be. Like, I think Frank shouldn't be traded whatsoever, because he's the only... 
like he's the guarantee. I think. Ever, or like can I ask a, can I ask a mechanical question real quick? So with guys like Dennis and Frank, if how does it if we trade them to a team, does the other team get their restricted yes. free agent yes. rights? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so, why. That's why it made zero sense. There was any debate about like should we yeah. fourth year option? Yes. Okay. Always yes. pick the fourth yes, year option. <laughs> but, you suck. What you do is you pick up options on your young players because there's no reason not to. Yeah, um, unless you're the Magic, you don't pick up Mario Hazoni. Yeah, they're probably not going to pick up Bamba's fucking. Any, was anybody here Bamba? Was anybody here part of the Bamba Bamba fandom entering the draft? I feel like Prez is a Bamba guy. Nah. Okay. I wasn't on down on I wasn't down on him as much as Schwinn was, but I, I was I definitely preferred uh, Wendell and and other guys become my 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 large son. son. Large son Wendell Carter. Yeah, who's who's being wasted away by Jim Boylan? God, your your son who can shoot, who's not allowed to shoot. Yo, that is that shit is crazy in Chicago. <laughs> I don't know what is going on there? Like, I thought, I mean, Fizz was awful, but like his thing was like that he wouldn't limit anybody. Boylan's out here just looking like, no, you can't shoot, and <laughs> you can't pass the ball, Wendell. Like, don't pass the ball. You just he literally, he literally just has dribble handoffs at the foul line and does nothing else. It's insane. It's absolutely insane that poor Wendell Carter. It's like Laurie marketing was looking so promising, and now he looks like a bum. And it's like, why? Like, what? Is, anyway, you can do so much fun good, shit. You can do so much fun shit with Wendell trade, and Laurie. Laurie is a good trade low or buy low yes. prospect. I would he, like to trade for Laurie, and he would be perfect next to me. I would. I would He's trade. I, I, I want to be on the record with this. I would trade both Dallas picks for. Oh yeah, I think I would do something similar to like that. I think he's that good. I'm just a big fan. Is of one that. of the one of those Dallas picks during the the double double no, draft. No, no, no. The no, 2021 is unprotected, but that's the year before the double draft. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a big one, man. Like, like, the, the 2023 pick is like that's the most stupid asset that we need to trade before we actually have to use it. We have to trade that pick. A top ten yeah, protected, top ten protected 2023 pick. Great. Oh, yeah. it's protected. Yeah, it's protected. Top ten. Yeah, that thing. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, you know what? I think uh, Lori's salary matches up pretty well with Randall's. <laughs> oh, God. I would love nothing more than that. Not only that, I'll throw in the two Dallas picks I, and I, Dallas Amico for Lori marketing if that could happen. I, that's, I, like I, a Nick, Nick's, that's like a Knicks fan fever dream situation. Exactly. It's not going to happen. Trade Dallas Amico <laughs> I would, for I would, I would eat ex so bad young sign a three-year deal. Drew would, eat clam, would, Drew would eat clam chowder. I would eat clam chowder for Lori. Yeah. I would, I would, I, but no, I would, eat, I, I would, I would eat the extra year that young. Yeah, who's actually them like a good role player? Give them a Dallas pick or whatever to get marketing. Like I would do that. I, I just think I, that's the kind of guy you should be buying low on. Um, kind of like I was saying last year, as the genius, the the, the prescient mind that I have, I think that we should trade for Brandon Ingram last year. You know, nobody oh listens to me. Oh God! But, Here he goes. You know, I mean, if you that's, listen to me. Maybe, look, I'm just saying, Laurie Markkinen, it's a guy you trade for, man. Shooting yeah. some of yeah. his career-worst averages from three. And he's still just like, I think he's like, last year he was 55.6 true shooting, and right now he's 54.9 true shooting, even though he's shooting like 3% worse from three. Just saying, man, that's a guy you buy low on. Um, and if so you they, have something so like Mitch, you don't need, you don't have to worry about his rim protection and his, his shit defense. Marcus yeah. is really not that like, bad at defense, though. Do you actually think Mar- Do you actually think Markkinen's defense is is shit, or is it that like, like I just think like one the scheme that they're running is so insane. Yeah, hedging then, every, trapping everything. 
Yeah, and then the other thing is like, like I, I think he's actually pretty agile for like, because he's a. So the thing I always thought was different about him and KP, and I know they were always compared, right, because of like their offensive skill sets. Well, and they're because they're white. Right, and because they're European and white. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, but like the the thing I always thought was different was that I think Markkinen is way more fluid in terms of like lateral agility, and like I think I think he's way more of a natural four. Whereas KP was always like better. a fake. KP was always like a fake four. If you if you put like fluidity of fours on a scale from like just straight up small ball four like you know like Jason Tatum playing the four to like I KP, can't believe you just use Jason Tatum as the artist. Get the fuck right, off right. my podcast, Prez. Look, look, dude, pick whoever the fuck you want. <laughs> can no, I, I, don't can I hang up on like, Prez somehow? Look, I'm just saying KP is the other end of the spectrum. He's a five who was just playing a four. Oh. Because reasons, like that's literally it. Like, and the reason he, he's not he's a bitch. Yeah, because he sucks. Let's state that. There you go. I know you have a hate in your heart, friends. I know <laughs> you have a hate in your heart. I, don't, it, I, I feel like we can't be on the pod and be like bad cop, worst cop. So I'm trying yeah, to like. Chris, that's the whole shtick. Our shtick is literally bad cop, worst cop. What you're on here the most. You should know better than anyone else. All right, KP's bum ass was too fragile and soft to play the five. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. That's all we asked for. This is a Knicks right. podcast. You're allowed to do all this All we asked for is biased takes, okay? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not here for nuance. This is this isn't a show of nuance. All right, I'm going to kick I'm going to kick this slander up a notch for the rest of the pod then. Thank you. That's all. That's all we want in life. Now, speaking of slander, let's talk about Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> so, I think I, I think I think the the rumored trade for him is the only way he gets traded. It's some shit like that where it's literally like You'll just, get, like, ever. Ba- You'll just get like a bag of chips, like shitty second rounder, because he's he's a bum. And if a team wanted, if a team wanted to take a flyer on him, they can sign him because it's not going to be a fucking bidding war for Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, I just want to specify that like Prez likes Dennis Smith. <laughs> I want I want I like, to make this clear. <laughs> I like all I like all the Knicks players. I just shit on all of them because they annoy me sometimes. <laughs> Or most of the time, <laughs> I, I kind of I'm kind of torn with Dennis Smith because sometimes I see flashes with him and I'm like I like that guy and then there's so many other times where I'm like I don't I don't like this guy. <laughs> I, I don't think like he's that stupid. guy I think he's stupid at all and he's I, not wasn't aware the rumor, wasn't the rumor trade that they had like the Timberwolves wanted to trade like Jeff Teague and someone else like I don't want Jeff it was it was literally the dumb it was the, it was there's no use to that trade for the Knicks it was like. There's Jeff no use to that trade for the Timberwolves. Well, that too. No, no, but, but it has like no. I actually think it does have some use to them because it's like okay, you convert, but but they don't want to have a point guard. Like they don't care about Jeff Teague. They don't even give a shit about him. Jeff Teague sucks. They, they don't. They, I know they, he's they getting. They were. Just I thought they were getting. I thought they were getting killed when when he was out. Not just because he's. They are, but because they are, but, but because they Culver and Wiggins like they can pass, but they shouldn't be playing point guard like. No, but like that's maybe they shouldn't go with Tyus Jones. I, I agree that's with you. The, that's what it is right there. <laughs> I agree with you that like they God level backup point guard. They they are better. They're big. he is my son. They are they're better with Teague on the floor, but like they don't care apparently because they're still starting Culver and Wiggins in the backcourt. Like they don't give a shit. So they want but, ESJ so they can prepare to 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 uh, reset after they trade uh, Cat. <laughs> <laughs> please, please let that happen. They're trying to get younger. No, but developing. It's, but it's like it's 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 basically taking taking a guy that you have zero interest in playing, and then using yeah. him to take a flyer on some young guy who might pan out, probably won't. But it doesn't really affect you if he if he doesn't. 
Like, yeah, that's the only way that trade. Like, that's a good archetype for how a trade would go. Yeah, that, that's like, what are you going to get for Jack? What team is like? We need Jeff Teague. Maybe Utah should, since they fucking traded for bum ass Mike Conley. They still fucking <laughs> suck. Fucking joke of a team. Yeah, uh, most teams have a point guard for better or for worse. They're not going to trade for a a a, con- a guy getting paid, even if it's an expiring. It's you're just pretty much stuck with it unless a team like the Knicks bails you out, really. Yeah, and of course, like, will trade and for like, a much, for Teague. Is Teague better than how much? If he is better than Payton, how much better than Payton is he really? Uh, I think he's better than Payton by a good amount. Right, Define so. a good amount. Yeah, what's a good amount? I, think, I don't. Like, I, I, I genuinely, think genuinely asking. I, I, I don't. I don't. I, I know he's better than Payton. I'm just saying. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think he's a he's a unlike Payton. I think he's like a strong. Like, he's a decent finisher and shooter. Payton is not. You didn't like Payton's finishing in the uh, Golden State game. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Peyton, Peyton, uh, finishing on our team. You might as well be fucking Kyrie Irving, but that's another conversation. <laughs> he, he has like, he has like, he knows how to like hit layups and floaters that aren't like you fucking press the wrong button on two K from like seven feet out or whatever. I don't know. He knows how to throw them up. I think we have the worst our, collection of finishers in. I was gonna say that. This is literally the worst. This is you didn't like Frank's finish yesterday? Think about all <laughs> that shitty teams. <laughs> that spin into, like, the most awkward, like... This might be the worst finishing team of all time. This may be the worst finishing team of all time. Or of the last That would be in college. That would be me in college. He's shooting 53% at the rim. And 36% from 3 to 10 feet. Mitch is the only above-average finisher. Yeah. Can we just say something? So yesterday during the game, like, Mitch caught some pass and dunked it. And Clyde went on this, like, 30-second rant about, he was like, yeah. He's like, Mitch has great hands. He can, he's ambidextrous with his finishing. I was like, wait, we're talking about Mitchell Robinson? <laughs> like, to be has- fair, to be fair. To be fair, I think he's also, like, if you put dunks aside, I think he's significantly better than almost every Nick at layups. Yeah, but, like, like yeah. Fin- finesse but, layups. But, but he was talking about him that he was fucking... Kakeem. Yeah, like, he was... <laughs> he's ambidextrous with his finishing. Like, like David like David Lee or some shit? Yeah, I was like, like, no, he's not ambidextrous. He just dunks everything and, like... Jumps higher than everybody. <laughs> he, he dunks. Clyde probably thinks that he he's like dunking with two hands it means he's ambidextrous or some shit. Oh, poor Clyde. You're probably right. <laughs> Dude, I saw some funny ass tweet that it was like it was like a picture of Clyde and it was like, "Yo, Nick's really like killed this dude's like last thirty five years." <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. kind of true. It's kind of yeah. true. All right, so what do we do with Peyton? Keep him? Trade him? Let's go. I want to keep. Can you can you trade him? Who's yeah, you can trade. Like, him. Yeah, you think? I think uh, teams looking for like a think I teams think. looking for like a backup point guard or something. You think? I see like that the Teague thing we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense, right? Because like Teague is in a weird place where like he's too good to be just like a backup guy, but he's not so good that you're gonna unseat your starting point guard for him for right. most teams, right? That like would even be interested in upgrading a point guard. Yeah, if you have a real city guard rotation on your bench, then I can see you maybe going for Payton. That's a good call. But like, like Payton, what I've always said about Payton, I think Dallas. I think I've, I've mentioned this Dallas for, but he's like he's a low end. He's a low 
end starter, but a high end backup. Like, uh, see, I, I disagree. What do you think he is? I think he's a high end backup, and that's yeah. like the best case. That's the best case. Yeah, that's what he just said. Are you are you even paying attention to the show right now? No, no, he said low end starter. I don't think slash high end backup. No, I don't think a high end backup is a low end starter. You don't think a high end backup is a low end starter? No, not in the this league where every where like every team has a solid point guard for the most part. Every team has a solid starting point guard. Almost every team. Cleveland, Cleveland are starting starting point guard. It's literally Cleveland and the Knicks. Fucking Orlando. Orlando's pretending that Fultz can shoot. Fultz the Sixers is, don't have a point is, guard? Fultz, Fultz is not. That's because the Sixers are fucking idiots. Okay, <laughs> the, but we're just listing. Mark, 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 Mark L. Fultz is. Well, they're also weird because they fucking run through Simmons and all that shit. And I don't want to trigger Swin onto a Sixers rant. No, no, it's okay. But, like, Mark L. Mark L. Fultz is inarguably, like, better than all of the Knicks point guards right now. That's not a high standard, though. That's not even my point. <laughs> like, Mark L. Fultz is still a bad starting point guard at, as of this moment. Yeah, and I'm saying he's better than all of them, including but Peyton. That, but and it is no way a starter. But I, that's, I agree with that. Like, if he's a starter, he's a bad starter. Yeah, like, on a low-end team that's not making the playoffs. Like, but if, if you move Mark L. Fultz right now, into a backup point guard position, guess what? All of a sudden, you're getting 48 great minutes out of your point guard position. Yeah, you are. I think he's a solid backup. I think he's a solid backup. That's all I'm saying about Payne. I'm not saying he's fucking amazing. I'm saying okay, that, like, that's fair. That's I'm fair. saying he's a shit starter, but if you put like, a backup, probably have a pretty good 48 minutes. Like, who, I don't know, I'm trying to think. Like, what, what's, a, what's, a good, what's a good team that has a shitty backup? Because that's, tra- that's the team you're looking to trade him to. Uh, they don't even have a point guard. No, but they don't have, they don't have shooting either. They might not give a fuck, though. <laughs> they might just... Denver, Denver. Denver. Yeah, Denver doesn't really have a backup point guard. They don't even have a point guard. Their point guard is Jamal Murray. He's not a point guard. Don't they have Moutier? Oh. No, Moutier's on the Jazz. Oh, I just wanted to see what y'all would say. Yeah, they don't even have a good starter. That's true. I I don't think Denver's going to give up anything for Alfred. They're not even... I mean... Why yeah. anything? Like they, they don't have, need real. They don't need real point guards anyway. No, but they, they have so many. No, they do need a real point. No, guard. they need a real point guard. But they need. Yeah, you need somebody who shoots though. No, you don't. Right. They have they have shooters. Like what? No, you need value, a one who can shoot. Alfred doesn't offer much value on offense off the ball. I actually think he is the best off ball point guard I've ever watched. Yeah, I would say between him and like John Stockton, there's only <laughs> those two off ball point guards. And but yeah, and Steph, yeah, but no, I, I I think you're misinterpreting what Denver needs in terms of a point guard because like when Jokic is gone, they don't have anyone to actually run the offense, and that's something Peyton is actually yeah. good at not, coming off the bench. You're not like a big point Plumlee fan. No, I'm not a big fan of Point Plumlee. So <laughs> I yo, I, like yo I, re- I respect Plumlee's ambition. Every time I tune in for when he's playing, he's out here trying to do like wild, like like he really thinks he's like Magic Johnson out here. Like <laughs> he really fucking incredible. He that's the energy I try. That's the energy I try to bring to the pickup course in DC. Just passes I have no business making, nor will be successful. Just or podcast appearances. Or podcast. Jesus. <laughs> He's on our podcast. Buddy. Oh right, sorry, sorry, sorry about that. But look, man, y'all keep inviting me on. I'm gonna keep inviting. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep here slinging these takes. That's fine. We'll have, we'll have you on next week, probably. <laughs> so yeah, no, I disagree with the uh, Peyton. Peyton would actually be helpful in uh, Denver. I really Wait, Dallas, I, Dallas, why don't I, you think uh, he would be? He would be helpful. No, so I your point about when I don't know. I was thinking of him with uh, Jokic, um, oh, yeah, which no. was still they wouldn't start it. But yeah, yeah no. Even, even if he would be helpful, I just can't imagine them giving up anything. 
And it's like, if they are, if they think, like, what we're going to do okay, is get Okay, so what's anything? Well, somebody who can uh, run the second unit, well, they can get Jeff Teague, for example. Do, do, like, what we're just do, do, but no, but, but Teague's salary is way harder to match. The best case it's is like you get million. a low second Alfred, round pick for Alfred. Oh, so That's the just, best like, case. When you say anything, anything, Denver has so much shit that they can't even play half these dudes. They can't. Like... We played them the other night. They didn't play Malik Beasley. That motherfucker would be like our starting two guard, probably. <laughs> he probably. Would. I want the I want I want the Knicks to trade for Malik Beasley. So yeah, bad, oh, but that's that's my point though. It's like when you say, "Oh, they they wouldn't give up anything for Alfred Payton." Why? Like there there are guys that I think that they don't play that they they can't like Wancho. He's a free agent after this year. They're not keeping his ass. He's, he's pretty even, good. He doesn't even play. Why why couldn't we trade for him? Why wouldn't they give him up if they like? They, because they, of they could probably use him to get a better backup point guard than who, Alfred Payton. Like, no, but you say that, but like, who the fuck is out here offering anything for Wancho? They're not playing him. They don't play him. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Like, they don't play him, and that sucks because I, I, dude, I've been out here for two years saying like, I'd love for the Knicks to try and trade for Wancho. Uh, I even, I think I even advocated trading down from nine, the Knox pick, to like Denver's pick for Wancho plus the pick. I'm pretty yeah, sure you've, I, been, you've, you've been a long time, long time fan of the superior Hernan Gomez, bro. Yeah, like I just, I just think that like, like when we say, I agree with you when you, I understand what you're saying when you say like they won't trade anything for Alfred, but like, I, and and you can apply this to other teams too, but it's like when you say anything, define anything because I don't think they would trade any rotation player. I don't think they would trade like a first round pick, obviously, but I definitely think you could get like some forgotten. Young player, or a there's, there's also one other wrinkle with Alfred, and that's uh, if we're keeping it real, Perry's not going to give up on his guy. And let's just say it. Let's just say it. He's not going to. Perry's canceled, dude. I canceled. Perry, I, Perry's I know. Perry's canceled. <laughs> the, whole, I know. the whole front office is canceled. Unlike some people who are out there. Well, who, unless oh, David Blatt is the one looking at the trade offers, I don't know who was going to make that decision aside from Perry. Your boy, Steve Mills, bro. Steve Mills is gonna is gonna come through. Art King, you know who? Just this went to a dark place. There's been no better executive in the NBA than Steve Mills. Name me the executive that's been in their job longer than Steve. Yeah, go ahead. Name somebody who's been with the team longer than Steve Mills. I'm waiting. I'll keep. I'm keeping the dead air too. So I'll wait. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, that's what I thought, guys. That's what everyone knows that the longer you stay at a job, the better you are at that job. Everyone knows this. That's just fact. You heard it. Now, Nick's Twitter, you can shut the fuck up. This debate yeah. is done. This debate's done, right, uh, Nick's Film School? Oh. <laughs> uh, we're, yeah. we're super strong advocates of keeping the front office and, and just rolling with Dumb and Miller. Everybody <laughs> yeah, knows I mean, that's, they, that's they've, earned it. Hey, they've earned it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they earned it. You know what? They should even give James Dolan a raise. No, like, okay, so just, to get, just, just to get back to Dennis Smith Jr. for a second, like, I, I don't know, like, what are you getting for him? And if you're not getting anything for him, is it really worth it to trade him at this point? I don't think so, because, like, yes, it's hard to play three-point cards, but, I mean, like, is it really that hard if we would just trade one of, like, if we just made some fucking trades where we forced the coach to have to play smaller, would it really be that hard? I don't think it would really be that hard. No, I would agree. No, that I agree. So if, like, the Knicks just trade, say the Knicks traded, like, Portis and Morris and Trier 
and I don't know someone like someone else, then I think it could all work because you I wouldn't mind having multiple ball handlers on the court, especially with the offense that Miller's running. It'd actually be really helpful. I just yeah, just the, the Knicks need to make trades. I think that's the bottom line. The, the, yeah. Unfortunately, the trades that I think we want to happen aren't going to happen, but the trades that could happen, I think, will still have some positive impact. Like Bobby Portis, yeah. you're right, is a, probably a better fit than Julius Randle, but Bobby Portis is probably will get traded or should be traded just to kind of help alleviate some of this, like you know, the roster crunch. The roster crunch. That I, I think that would be it because I, I don't know. I, I think it could work, but you're right. Like Dennis Smith, I don't know what. No one's going to trade any. Like when the kind of like what Dallas mentioned. You can maybe maybe get a second round pick for Dennis Smith right now. Like he's playing terribly overall this past like since he joined the Knicks. But also and, like like you said, Drew, there's enough like he has enough flashes in the pan that since you're not gonna get anything back and we're really bad, you might as well play him a bunch of minutes and just see if something happens. I agree. That's the, that's, that's the gamble. You're you think, all right, like and front offices think this way. It's, it's and not, they a, don't, it's not, not a game. You don't, what are you what are you putting on the line by playing him? Like there's You're like right. nothing. Gam- gamble's not the right word. It's an upside play. You're like the Knicks don't develop guys. Maybe Dennis Smith still has some stuff in the tank that he hasn't shown yet because they haven't put him in a position to do it. And then you go for it as a backup guy. I mean, I guess, but I, I would say like of all the players, I feel like Dennis Smith has actually had a pretty <laughs> reasonable chance here in uh. In New York, in terms of like putting him in positions to succeed, because like he's always had the ball in his hand. They, they oh, always allowed him, like they've always allowed him to run pick and roll and everything like that, and he just hasn't been that good. But yeah, I, I agree. That's the argument they're making. They're they're gonna say in their front offices, though. I yeah, totally no. agree. I think he's not gonna be good wherever he goes. Like full stop. <laughs> I just don't. I don't. He's just such a low IQ player. Like he has no feel at all. Um, like even yesterday. It's like Frank. I actually, I actually didn't like Frank getting the quick hook in the first half, not because I thought he was playing great, but I actually thought he was like trying to attack and shit. And like whatever, maybe Miller was just like kind of sending the message like you know you have to earn your minutes kind of thing. But like, can I can I say one quick thing about that? Yeah. Um, just, no, so absolutely not. Possibly, <laughs> one possibly <laughs> mitigating factor. I don't know if it's true true enough, but the Milwaukee uh, announcers said that Frank was dealing with an illness um, yeah, he when he entered this. So maybe that's, like, maybe he, part of it was, like, Miller's like, ah, I'm just going to give him the night off or something. I don't know. I, know. I hope. It, it, it could have been. I, I don't know what it was. I don't actually, I don't think it's even that concerning because he might have, might have been like, I need to light a fire under Frank's ass. Because, like, to be quite honest, like, I don't think Frank has, like, Frank has these fucking stretches where he, is competing all the time and every and then like he has these stretches where he's just you know very laissez faire to use the term from his home country. <laughs> like, he just doesn't give it like and I don't want to say like it's not that he doesn't give a shit, but it's like he doesn't realize. It's like bro, I know that you've had like a nice month here, but like you, you're not fucking safe, man. Like you're not some no, no, golden not. cow or whatever the fuck. Like you you need to earn your shit still and. um I don't know. Maybe that was part of that. But, like, I just, with, with Desmond, Desmond, it's just like, he just, like, so Frank didn't play extremely well, but I thought we were okay in his minutes in the first half. Well, we played good uh, defense. Yeah, like, it was fine. He played okay. I, I didn't think it was anything special. So I didn't mind him getting pulled when he did for Desmond. I just didn't think it was, it was very good. Uh, but, like, Desmond, I was like, dude, he put up some numbers out there, but you can just tell, like, he has no fucking concept of, like, how to run an offense, how to get a team organized. And, and it's like, 
you know, you're in your third year in the league. Like you've been a point guard presumably for, you know, much of your high school, AAU, and now college and pro career. Like I think you should expect more mentally from a player than what Dennis Smith gives you. And if he's not going to give you that, I just don't really know what you're supposed to do. Uh, that said, I just, like what do you, you you're going to get maybe a second round pick for him? Is that really worth giving up on him? Because like as you said. You know, there still are obviously times where it's like whatever happens, he puts it together and it's really nice. And you're like, okay. I personally, I personally think it's worth giving up on him because the the one thing, not only is he have no self awareness and no basketball IQ, even if sometimes he'll have like a few minute stretches where he's actually trying to get over picks. He his his shooting is worse than when he came into the NBA. It's worse than it was in college. Like shit happened at the end of his Dallas time and at the Knicks, whatever for whatever reason. And now he's just a bad shooter, full stop. Like, just awful. He's a, he's a terrible shooter. And, like, what, what are you gonna do with that? I think you get way more benefit to, to addressing the, the point guard roster crunch and having Frank or Elf in there more time. Not even from a development standpoint, from a winning standpoint, than you do from the once every, you know, fucking full moon where he's like, penetrates and probes without doing something stupid for, like, eight minutes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, his pen... Some of the shit he does, it's, like, it's crazy. The one thing I think he does do well is push the ball. Um, And not always just, like... Not just, like, getting up the court himself, but he also is a reasonable pass... Like, reasonable at passing the ball ahead, which is useful when you have, you know, uh, the offense... You know, like, the offensive players we have, which aren't very good at finishing um, in the half court. But uh, yeah, I'm. I think I'm. I'm with you guys. I'm pretty. I'm pretty low on him. He's just. He's just not. I. I don't think this redemption. I don't think there's a redemption art there. Like he's gonna go somewhere. He's gonna. Some team's gonna sign him, take a flyer on him, and he's gonna fucking like wither away on the bench unless he either figures out how to become self-aware or fucking fixes whatever the hell happened to his shot. He's not like Markel Fultz where he has being huge to, like, fall back on as a backup point guard. Like, it's not there. Well, Fulto, he, well Smith also didn't have, like, an injury. He might have. Shit, the whatever the fuck happened to his shot, like... <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, like, Fultz had, like, like nerve damage. Like, mm-hmm. Smith didn't have anything to that extent where, like... It really oh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Up. Yeah. Yeah, it just fucking happened, really. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to uh, it's explain. It's sad. It's sad. Oh, no, I'm totally with you. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anything else that we need to, uh, were there any other takes that you guys wanted to get we out We did. There? We didn't talk about, uh, Frank. What do you want to talk about Frank about? How well, he's the I greatest, mean, how he's the greatest player like ever? Him. The most yeah. beautiful player ever? <laughs> we were talking about tra- trade value and things like that. But one, th- oh. one thing that I would, I do, I actually have a question that I've been thinking about. Um, so one thing, when I, whenever I, like, watch players, I often, you know, we, I mean, we were just talking about Dennis Smith with the mental aspect of the game, but I do take, you know, I take mental aspects um, into account and pretty strongly, and, like, a lot of times people say, well, like, you know, on defense, people will say, like, well, you know, um, they can figure out how to make the correct rotations or something like that, but you rarely uh-huh. see, you see bigs sometimes make improvements, you know, um, but I think a lot of it is just, like, the game's so fast when they first enter, and they have to do so much um, coming out of college is just totally different um, that I think a bunch of them struggle and then they, they get better. But it's rare that you see guys improve mental. So, like, one of the things I've been thinking about is 
I've been very high on the Frank development, you know, um, uh, bandwagon thinking, like, I mean, I already think he's a, a rotation player in the NBA, and if he can um, hit three... Like three that, <laughs> yeah, if he can hit threes reliably, uh, even at just, like, below league average on volume, you know, close to, close to league average, he'll be a rotation player for, you know, 10 years. Um, but I've had, you know, I've thought that there was, like, more to him. But then, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about the last couple of days is um, I rarely give people, especially on the defensive end of the ball, the benefit of the doubt when it comes to, like, the mental aspects of the game uh, about them developing or growing there. Um, so there's, like, a real feature of Frank that Ashton was just talking about where he's not aggressive. Um, and he just doesn't seem to have the, sometimes the, the F you needed to do shit. And I, I just, I wonder if you guys have thoughts about, like, whether he can develop that. Yes. Yes, I have thoughts. Go ahead. Yes, I have thoughts. <laughs> I, have thoughts. I have said, I said this on the pod, start of the year, I actually want him, I wanted him at the start of the year to come off the bench. I want him to come off the bench because... I liked him way more with that bench unit, which was going to be young guy heavy. I think that, and like, I think it, it's, like, he's not a John Morant, okay? Or like, fucking, you know, pick, pick one of these young guards that just comes in and kills it from the start. Yeah, John Morant's he's, also overrated, so I'm going to throw that out there. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> I'm not going to get into that conversation right now. But like, like, he's, he's not one of these guys that's going to come in, I just got myself in the beer too. No. Um, He's not one of these other guys. He's not. He's not gonna just come in and like feel good about like telling fucking Marcus Morris to go space on the corner. Call Randall will come up and set a pick. Like he's not gonna do that. He's not that guy. Like that's not what he is. And if you ever wanted to develop that, gotta understand what he is and what he is as a guy who like going. He's gonna dutifully call plays and tell you what he wants. What you what you want him to do. And, like, with that starting unit, he's always going to acquiesce to those vets. He's always going to. It's just going to happen. He's not RJ. Even, like, even, and even RJ, even RJ acquiesces. Like, people want to act like RJ is out there just, like, fucking with blinders on, not looking at Randall. Or, you know, Rand, he, like, Randall and Morris run that starting lineup. So, like, you got a situation with this kid where if you want to develop that offensive game, you've got to put him in situations where he feels comfortable to do it or he knows he has to do it. Um, and, like, that starting unit is just not going to happen. And what I've just thought for the longest time is, like, there are two changes that I think should happen, and it's like, okay, yes. If you want to change the starting point guard, that's fine. You can trade. Like, I, I didn't mind paying, coming in for Frank at all. Um, what I, like, I just don't know how that, how does that help your starting lineup, because you traded a point guard who can't shoot for a point guard who can't shoot. Uh, I mean, it might a little bit, because Randall, um, Definitely does not respect Frank, and he does not run shit as hard when he's working with Frank. But so but, like, but it's he, all the time when Frank is like spotted spotting up off the ball from our or from uh, Randall, you know, um, like he'll be wide open, and Randall will like look at him, and then Frank finally is like, "All right, well, he's not going to pass it to me." So then he does this little V cut and switches places with whoever else, and then Randall will pass it to that person. Um, like, it's like, and he, Randall doesn't set hard screens when, when Frank has, like, he just, he doesn't, he doesn't believe in Frank. Um, it's pretty clear. So, like, a, maybe there will and be he's somebody. Played with he cares, he cares about Elf. Yeah, he, or he's yeah. Elf. Yeah, I mean, that, that's fine. Maybe that helps. All I'm saying is, like, it's really not going to make that much of a tangible difference unless you get other shooter on the floor. Um, which requires not, getting Randall off there. Right, right. Exactly. With this rock. 
with this roster. Right. So it's just like, you know, anyway, just to get back to Frank, it's just like, I did, I really like him with that bench unit with like, with Knox and Dotson and Mitch. I think that is the way to develop him, and I think it makes sense, even long term development for like the core or whatever, um, to do that. So I don't mind that really at all. Uh, and I, I do think that like, if you're going to get a significant uptick in his offensive kind of aggressiveness, that's the way to do it, because I don't think he is as reticent to, like, you know... Kevin Yeah, The best attitude you're going to get from him in terms of offense is, like, think of those stretches when Steph, like, in Steph's, like, early career, mid-career, when he would get hurt and Livingston would play, and he's just there to, like, run the ship and would attack choice situations smartly yeah. or yeah. post-up mismatches. Mm-hmm. Like, shit like that. That's what you're... To me, what you're... You're right. You're not going to... Frank's never going to just develop the switch. He's never going to get the fuck you. It's just not going to happen. It's not how he rolls. What you really need from him is to develop the skills so that he can maximize how he plays within that, like, Livingston style. Like so, Selective you know, Right. Like, when I choose to post you up or drive on a smaller guard, I can finish. When I'm playing with another ball handler... I can hit the threes at a decent clip, like shit like that. Like, you know, be a solid, like, plug-and-play who could play in different lineups, different kind of players, a little bit more on-ball, a little bit more off-ball, whatever, like, versatile. That's why I I like him off the bench, because I think it's easier to mix and match him like that off the bench than it is. As a starter, you kind of have to have more of, like, like when you're starting a game, you kind of have to have a defined role, you know? Whereas I think when you come in off the bench, it's like, a bench player is more of a mix-and-match guy. Um, and I think Frank is ultimately more, like, it's just always been dumb to me to be like, he's a point guard. He's like, no, he's a guard. He really is just, like, a guard. And you just have to find, not even find, but, like, I mean, there are plenty of players that you could pick out of a hat. If you put all the guards in the NBA, find plenty of players out of a hat. You'd be like, that would make sense to pair with Frank. That would make sense. He would make sense to pair with Frank. Like, there's a ton of them. So, I don't even think it's that complex. It's like, like okay, maybe he can't play with Alfred, but could he play with Dennis? Probably. Could he play with Kadeem? Yeah. Can he play with RJ? Yes. Can he play with Dotson? Yes. Can, like, name me the guy on the roster that he cannot play with. It's basically like Alfred Payne, and that's it. And even Alfred, it's like, he could probably get away with it for a bit. Yeah, like if Frank... I mean, that's our, that's our best play. defensive backcourt. Right. As shitty as that, you know, maybe, but... I don't know I mean, if you guys... That's not even that shitty. Like, that's not that shitty. If, if oh, I'm in offense. I'm in offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, no. Offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not talk about defense. that. Yeah, no. <laughs> a defense, though. That's, like, that's a good backcourt pairing. No, I... I well, they did that the other day. Well, they Frank? did for, like, three possessions. Yeah, no, it's not like they did it long And term. Frank threw a really nice cross-court dime to Alfred in the corner, and Alfred summarily bricked it. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not Alfred's fault. I mean, it is, but it's not. Like, I know. I think the one thing we need to also mention with Frank is that there have been legitimate, like, definitive growth between year one to year three. And I would say, especially with in terms of his aggressiveness, like, we still need to see more from it. But it definitely has been a lot better between year one and year three. And I think those are always just, like, good signs to see. That's like, all right, he's actually putting in the effort. And I think right now what's great is, like, Fizdale, I think, set him back a lot. But what Miller's doing is, like, the specific plays and this, like, specific, I would say, like, you know, these triangle terms, like the automatics that the Knicks run on offense, I actually think are a lot better for Frank right now. 
which is great because, like, you know, he'll run a play and you try to get some other guys involved, but then they run these specific, like, picks in the corner where he, where Frank swings back out, gets the ball to run, like, a more, like, later uh, pick and roll. So I, I think they're doing better things for him. Like, but to Schwinn's point, like, he needs to start recognizing that, like, he's bigger than most of the guards guarding him. Dude, he's, got a, no, he's got a fucking sack up, all right? Like, that's yeah, that's the so, thing. Like, like, I'm, I'm so sick of these things. fucking... I'm so sick of watching him, like, run a play, get exactly where he wants, create a nice shot for himself or somebody else, and then for the next 15 fucking minutes he's on the floor... Just be happy to like run up the floor and immediately swing at Julius Randle as soon as he gets across that court. Like the world isn't going to end if you don't swing at Julius Randle as soon as you get across court, Frank. It's not. I promise yeah, you. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, he, it's not. like you're right. The the light is never going to turn on, or he's going to become like the Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan type player. But I do think if the Knicks start running a couple more things and kind of retool the roster he will start recognizing these little, like, you know, these mismatches and IQ plays, because he usually does that anyway. So, so I think in that sense, it will click. And also, at the same time, I, I'm just someone who doesn't want lead, like, point guards, unless you're Steph Curry, to, like, be the focal point of an offense, because that hasn't been a winning formula ever in the NBA. So I think, I, like, what? So, so, so yeah, one exactly. thing that... I think trading Dennis and freeing and, and kind of lightening that roster crunch at the point guard spot, I think him just in a situation where he has to basically play like 20 minutes a game or more, I think you're more likely for him to realize, you're more likely he's going to realize, to like test the limits of his freedom, so to speak, you know, that we're all like hoping he does, like hijack a play every now and then or if some of the pass, if they're overloading on one side, go run a pick and roll. Like try shit out. Like it, it, it's it's more to me like not even this. I don't even want to think of it as hijacking as much as look the, as a point guard. There are certain times where you have to know that it's your responsibility to get a guy a shot. Exactly. Or like, or not even just get a specific guy a shot, but get somebody a shot. Or like 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 Frank is actually pretty good about when they have a hot hand. He's one of the old. I mean, Peyton does this too, but Peyton does it in a very different way. But, like, if there's a hot hand, Frank will feed the hot hand. And that's good. That's really good. Because Dennis Smith, amazingly, does not have that recognition. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, like, like he'll, he'll do that. But sometimes it's more, it's, it's not just about getting the hot. One, you should recognize sometimes when you are the hot hand. Because there have been multiple times this season where Frank has been the hot hand. And he doesn't and then, recognize it. Yeah, he's just like, oh. And then he's like, oh, but I have to give it to Julius. Um, and, you know, whatever. But, like. He dropped somebody on... Trey. He, but he got fouled on that shit. That shit was so whack. No, 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 no. I meant... Uh, no, so before that. He no, it wasn't Trey, yeah. Denver. Yeah, and no, passed he, it. No, yeah. He, he dropped like I've never Jamal seen Murray that shit in my whole somewhere. life. 99.9% of the time, the basketball gods, if you pull up after dropping somebody, will reward you with a made basket. That's just how it works. <laughs> Frank is literally the first person I've ever seen do that and then pass the ball back. And well, then, um, I forget I forget who he passed it to, but they passed it the fuck back to him. Like, no shoot, and motherfucker. And and he he no, 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 that's not what happened. No, no, no. no yeah, he yeah. He got a three-pointer out of it. No, Frank yeah, yeah. hit the three. Oh, Frank hit the three-pointer? Yeah. They passed the it guy, back to him. I think it was well, look, Bobby Portis. Uh, well, either way, Frank My good friend, Bobby shot. Portis. My great friend of the show, Bobby Portis, <laughs> gave the ball back from Frank instead of a two-pointer. He made a three-pointer, which is more points per shot. So, let's, you know, let's tone it down a bit. Leave Frank alone. 
Prez. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. Dennis Smith loving. For, no, you gotta no, for, if you drop no, somebody, you gotta pull up. That's just yeah. the rules. No, Prez, Prez is a Prez is. A, I wonder if they've tried showing uh, showing Frank a, mo- a hype montage of his like three NBA <laughs> dunks like he's on the court. <laughs> they should show the the montage that the Buddha made with like him mixed with Jordan. With, with Ray <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that the greatest video of all time? I think it is. It might be. Except for this uh, this Dawkins highlight of, like, the Mavericks blowing a 30-point line today. Yeah, <laughs> that? that's so great. God, they, man, they lost a 30-point lead without Siakam. That's... Nick, did you see the specifics of what Nick Nurse pulled out of his ass that bamboozled no. genius coach Rick Carlisle? Oh, what did he do? Like, what? Like wild, like one, two, two zones and like all types of shit that was like just. I, I guess the Mavericks were just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do against this like weirdo high school defense. And <laughs> no, I think they're actually running a boxing one. I think they're running a boxing one. Dallas, Dallas is about to have like. A forty-minute soliloquy about Nick Nurse's defensive coaching. No, uh, they they have yeah. random good defensive bench players. Like that's what that's. I mean, that's all another discussion. But like, just like the like, Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> basically the same team. Basically, they're basically the Canada Knicks. Everybody knows this. <laughs> that's why we have RJ Barrett. Yeah, well, I mean, we have more dogs though. I wouldn't say they have as many dogs. As yeah. So who would be the dogs on the Raptors? Just be what, like Lowry and Siakam? I think it'd be the entire Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the championship winning uh, Raptors. Yeah, that's Can we just sign Fred Van Vliet? Is that okay? Or that? Can we do that? Can we do that mid-season? Can we just take him? Just kidnap him. Yeah, can we just kid- How much does he make? Who cares? Can we just kidnap like, him? He's, he's, like he's, nine he's, million a, he's a free agent. He's yeah. about to get paid by that's Toronto. Right. <laughs> I know Toronto's not letting him go. But is he have a package for, with him for his salary to reach Julius Randle's number? The Raptors are not taking... <laughs> Julius Randle for anything. I know. I know. But, but the, the Raptors are playing like this this tight game because I mean nobody really knows what's going on here, right? Because like, okay, uh, I don't even have, we haven't talked about Masai at all on the show. I don't think. Um, but like, there's obviously this all this smoke about like, oh, the Knicks are trying to get Masai, the Knicks are trying to get Masai. I just assume that's bullshit, which is the safe assumption because it's the Knicks. Nothing good ever happens to us. Um, so like, Masai's in Toronto, right? The entire thing they have going for them is or this entire thing that they've been pushing is that like he has this connection with Giannis because of NBA Africa or whatever. Um, so Wait, like, really? Yeah, yeah. That's the, yeah, that's been the rumor. Yeah, so rumor. weird. So like, so they need to keep cap space open for that, you know, possibility obviously. Mm-hmm. Is there a number you could give Van Vliet that you'd be comfortable with but would fuck over any chance they have of getting honest. Yeah, yeah, you get what I mean. Like that's okay. what I think. I, I I don't think it's like this foregone conclusion he's gonna stay in Toronto. President's like a fucking loser and just thinks that everybody stays everywhere because that's how the fucking NBA works. He's an idiot. Well, Swin just thinks all his favorite players who are free agents are gonna leave, no, and the team no, no, are no, just no. gonna let I, them leave. I, I think I think there's a fucking chance they would leave. But I'm not like Prez, who's like 18 months in advance, like, there is no chance Christoph Porzingis will leave the Knicks. Wait. <laughs> so that's, that's a very good question, but what's the, what is the Raptors, uh, what's their cap sheet? What do they have? 
what's the number that they would have to uh, stay under to keep a max open for Giannis? Well, all they all they need to do questions about what the real is. Yeah, like we don't have it. Like all they need to do. I'm looking up now. I'm looking at it. Listen, if the Raptors, if Masai was really like the genius, he would actually re-sign Andrea Bargnani and trade him back to the Knicks to clear cap space. All right. (laughs) How how long is how long is Lowry signed? Lowry got another guaranteed year. Oh, thirty mil. Norman Powell's man. They have they have they have eighty six on the books next year. Next year. And so that we all know, and we all know the cap ain't coming in where they thought it was. Well, what's it going to be in 2021? What did Brogdon get? 20? Yeah. yeah. I can see. I can. I. I think that's like the high end of like. They have some, like if the Knicks just want to splash it the fuck up, like I could see like some team doing that shit for him. It's 46 and a half for 2021, but that's not including Ananobi is going to get a. Contract. He's going to get money. Yeah, he's doing well. Yeah. I mean, there's an outside chance that they don't need to do too much. It sounds like for... no, they they won't necessarily do too much. I was saying like yeah, there's a chance. Gotta, if right. you there's if you chance. put the but you're putting the onus on them a year in advance. That's true, exactly. So like you probably can. Um, yeah, that'd I be just, really. I, just don't think, I don't think he is like I think okay with like if he was a restricted free agent, then I would understand like the typical horny <laughs> press take of like. There's no chance Pelicans are gonna let Ingram go, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, would I just think David Griffin is stupid and doesn't want the optics of that. No, 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 no. David Griffin is a genius, and the Knicks should have gave him all the power in the world to run the Knicks franchise because he's done so well as a general manager for the Pelicans and for the Cavaliers. He's the best like, against he, first overall picks. He really like he managed to make LeBron born in somewhere near Cleveland in Ohio. Like that's amazing. Like you can't you can't do anything about that. So that's true. true. So Dallas, true. did you ever live in Cleveland? I feel like you lived so many places. I was like an hour and a half from Cleveland. Did you like Cleveland? It was all right. I went to a couple of shows there. Did you go to the one game that LeBron didn't play in? Yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> I was so excited. This was when I was. It was like I think it was LeBron's rookie year. Um, and I went to Cleveland to watch a game. Um, and I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna see this up and coming star. And then I got to see, like, Ilgauskas and <laughs> Carlos Boozer, like, trying to bank shots from, like, the mid-post. It was terrible. Ooh, that, sounds, that sounds really fun. <laughs> I think the game – it was, like, the only game LeBron missed the whole season, too, I feel like. And I feel like uh, the score was, like, 88 to, like, 92 or something. It was, like it – was, so it, was, it was a solid, like, 2003 NBA game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't Juwan Wagner still on that team, Jackson Up Shops? No, he was, he run, was. It was run through Carlos Boozer. He was like the guy out there. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna take all these shots. Oh, Carlos Boozer. That's God. pre 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 spray on hair booze. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yo, do you remember the, do you remember like the random like he had like these weird like striations in his head? I'm like, what happened to your head, man? Like, what what's going on with your head, Boozer? He, he always had that Beijing in like every all the time. It was awful. Yeah. Just awful. I hated that. Like Alaska, Alaska or some shit. I'm shot too. Boozer is he from Alaska? No, that was Langdon, wasn't it? Or is Boozer from Alaska too? I think Boozer and then Chalmers, right? Aren't they both for, uh, from Alaska? Ariel Chalmers is from Alaska. Yeah, okay. Boozer's from Juneau. There you go. Really? And he was a, he was a dude. Classic. Well, that's really weird because like Juneau is mainly like a capital city where like people don't really live. It's mainly like where like state you know statesmen people and work. Yeah, it's not really like mm. the city. You know, Juno. You, know, you can't actually drive to Juno. What do you mean? 
They don't have roads that lead into Juno. You have to f- get there through an airplane. Get the fuck out of here. I'm not, Every I'm not, day? Yeah, if you need to get to Juno, you can't drive there. Like, you, in Juno, you probably drive around, but you, outside, like, if you live in Anchorage, you can't drive to Juno. You have to fly there or take a boat. Yeah, but, like, if you live in Juno... Yeah, they probably have roads. I'm yeah. just saying... <laughs> so he lives in Juno. You, you, you made it seem like that shit was, like, some sort of wall. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying if you're outside, like, the only way to get into Juno is that you need to fly or take a boat. Like, once you're in there, you probably could drive, but... Is there, is there like, a wardrobe you can go through? Is there a what? A wardrobe you can go through? Yeah, or... maybe. I don't know. Probably Narnia up there anyway. It's Alaska. <laughs> Who knows what Did you, you guys have, have Juno web service back in the day? I feel like Dallas is trying to make another corny Juno meme happen. Nope, nope, nope. A certain like Juno Saquon? Oh, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> oh god alright that may be a uh, a potential good place to end the show because I've lost complete track of time um, I don't even know what the show is about no, I have no idea Prez do you want to plug anything <laughs> um, I'm excited for these next few games for the Knicks and specifically this game versus the Nets because I'm going to get to watch it in New York for once not in person at the Garden but I mean, you could, you could, you could go to one. I ain't yeah. got money like I ain't got money like that, man. That's just probably crazy expensive. Nah, just wait till like right before tip off. Yeah, just go to just go to. NY. Who's we did? Who's we dying to give you their tickets? Like, we'll give it to you for fifteen dollars. Yes. <laughs> yeah, shit, to, I might, I might have to try that. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, just do that. Just go to was it Pizzeria Suprema, whatever's the place around the corner. Just go grab some pizza before the game, and then just like buy a cheap ticket. I, like, very rarely went to Knicks games when I was living in the city growing up because it was so expensive. We would just go see them in New Jersey versus the Nets. I mean, you can still do that. I mean, you can still do that. You just go to the Continental Arena. They're still playing there, I think. Is the game on the 26th in the Garden or in Brooklyn? Because I know Brooklyn's cheaper. Uh, let me check. We'll find out. All right, well, Twins checking. Uh, you're it's in playing. Brooklyn. It's in Brooklyn. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's nice. That might be the move. I, I, I don't get to... Where are you going to be? Them in New York that much. Huh? I mean, I'm going to be staying with, in Westchester with my fam, but I'll, you know, I got friends. I crash. I have friends. <laughs> 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 that's my plug. I have friends. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great plug. Uh, Prez, uh, Dallas, what are you plugging? Uh, I guess I had a piece recently about how the simplicity of Mike Miller's defense, um, what, like some of the advantages that came from that um, over Fizz's really complicated one. Um, but more importantly, uh, I just yesterday wrote up a piece um, with the help of a bunch of people at PNT um, about uh, some of the stuff that Vox did recently, um, sort of like a solidarity piece and uh, kind of F you to, <laughs> to Vox, the, the NCAA of sports uh, websites <laughs> um, for treating their workers like shit. Uh, so that's, I think, worth reading, maybe more important than the other stuff. So yeah, I would I would agree with that. Read Dallas's latest piece on you know what's been going on with Fox and Espionation and everything like that. It's totally worth it. So you kind of understand like what we're going through when we're kind of producing content. So definitely read that out, check it out, and uh, you know if you support us or anything like that, just just go ahead and throw it in the comments. Be like, yo, we love the show, we love the writing, all that. So don't forget to do that. Schwinn, what are you plugging? Uh, nothing. But I just want to give you a compliment for. Actually complimenting Dallas, and this is the first time you've complimented Dallas in your entire life. So that's true. That's very true. Um, 
We're very happy for you. And I'm happy for Dallas more than anybody else. Yeah, so it's, I'm, I'm trying to show personal growth as a person. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just you know, just try to be better. You know, one How would you one personal growth as not a person? Well, your cat can have personal growth, right, as an individual. Your dog can have personal growth, too, right? Like how they react to people. True. Yes. Dom it. You're right. I shouldn't have phrased it that way. It's, <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. Um, I'm trying to think of what I can plug. Um, Watchmen. If you haven't watched Watchmen, go yes. watch Watchmen oh, yeah. now. I'm, I'm four Fire. episodes in. You're four episodes Fire. in? How, really how, yeah, it's really good. Um, don't be like uh, Buddha. Um, don't be like Buddha. Who's, complaining, be, about, who's like. complaining about the ending, and I'm 1,000% certain he didn't read the uh, the book, so that's fine. Um, and I'm also going to plug the um, the Last Jedi, which is the best. Uh, <laughs> we need a whole, we need a whole other podcast. So I'm gonna pl- <laughs> I'm gonna plug that, and um, I'm gonna say uh, Regina King will be on the show next week, so stay tuned for that. She's 100 percent coming on, and we're gonna talk all things Watchmen. And I think she was in Last Christmas. Was she in Last Christmas or this Christmas? That's the movie. This Christmas. Is it a movie? There's a movie called This Christmas. I shit, man. I don't know. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, so when it. Regina King comes on, you gotta talk Boondocks. It's the only thing, only thing to talk about. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. But yeah, we're gonna do that. Regina will be on. So and that's it, guys. See ya.